0: hello hello my dear ones and welcome to another episode of conversations with my higher self how are you i am so excited to see so many of you here today we are growing um that's great news that's great news there's more of you and the more the merrier as far as i'm concerned today we have a fascinating topic Um, Our number one most downloaded episode um, on conversations uh, with my higher self is the one I did on Akashic Records. That one was, I believe, in late 2021. So if you want to go back and re-listen to that one, if you haven't, you should because that is a very basic foundational episode. And it seems like there's so much interest from you guys from this collective group around the Akashic Records and accessing your Akashic Records um, that I figured I'd do um, Akashic Records 2.0 episode or um, more advanced um, if you will there's so much to talk about uh, around Akashic Records it is such a rich topic that there's just no way we could have covered it in one episode so today is going to be super fascinating but before we dive in a couple of housekeeping items First things first, if you have been meditating with me on our Sacred Universe podcast, you are rocking. If you haven't, check it out. It's our new podcast. Um, it's amazing. We do this guided journeys and meditations. They come from my heart straight into yours. They are life-changing and you should definitely be on it. Secondly, if you haven't considered reading my book, 72 Keys to Manifestation, An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist, you should. It is available on Amazon. It is a book that will change your life. It is a book that's going to be your guiding path, your doorway into your own personal, um, you know, cell of abundance within the matrix. Um, It is also a really, really good book on overall spirituality. And it has so many ancient keys within um, that would help you just above and beyond not just you know get wealthy and you know manifest your dreams that's just like the very basic layer of that book but there's so much around overall spirituality and your purpose and your mission and and why you came and how to use the tools that um and the energetic tools that you all have around that book that it is um honestly it's a very layered um book and it's the one that you could reread um over and over again and still find new things in there so if you haven't checked it out you should Uh, Lastly, if you have subscribed to my YouTube channel, um, this is Maria is the name of it. You're awesome. If you have been commenting, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And that's it. That's it for in in terms of housekeeping items, we can dive into the very rich topic of today. So um, in this particular episode on the Akashic Records, um, I wanted us to focus on how to read your own personal uh, Akashic Record field. Beyond past lives, you know, so we're going to be diving deep into a little bit of the structure of your personal Akashic record field and some of the shortcuts that are available to you. Um, I would be discussing be talking to you about some of the sections that I recommend you go check out. Later in the episode, we're going to talk about accessing the Akashic records of other people, not necessarily for readings, but for general information. And I will be explaining First, the when it is okay to do that and for what purpose um, and, you know, how it can be useful to you. And last but not least, we're going to be talking about accessing the Kashuk records of groups of people. It could be anything from organizations to uh, countries to a planetary consciousness, if you will. Not dissimilar. The process that I would be explaining to you is not dissimilar to what I um, am using when we're doing these episodes together, because um, if you've been with me for some time, you know that towards the end of the episode, I like to ask the questions from the collective consciousness of, of you know, um, everybody who's listening to this episode in particular, but, you know, overall planet Earth. And so I'll, I'll teach you how you could access collective consciousness as well, because it is actually fairly easy, believe it or not. It's just nobody teaches that for some reason. So figured I'd change that because why not? Alrighty, you guys, why don't we dive into the Akashic Records? Again, this is the uh, like the second episode, right? So I'm not going to dive too much into the basics. Um, if you are curious about how the Akashic Records came about, what it is, what is the overall general structure of it, how to start establishing a relationship with Akashic Records, you should go and listen to my previous episode. Don't remember the, uh, the actual, um, like the, the date that we did it, but uh, sometime in 2021, not too far, a lot, not too far ago. Um, so, okay, now move it, moving on to everything else that I haven't mentioned about Akashic Records, right? Now, I will still, still, regardless, give you a really, really quick kind of like synopsis of the Akashic Records, just so we're starting from the common ground. Akashic Records is an overall informational field that was at one point created by Source Consciousness to help record everything that happens within the matrix, within this virtual reality that we all live in, as well as the realm of spirit. So the Akashic Records is a very rich database, the richest database in existence, and it is always becoming richer. It's an ever-expanding database. It has no limits. It's quite an infinite database, um, in, uh, infinitely stretchable in time. And um, it is a very rich tool to help anyone to get to know themselves better, get to know other people better, get to know consciousness of you know their own planet, its all surrounding planets better, um, you know. And there, there, there are so many other. To be honest, there are so many other uses. Um, understanding your karmic knots, understanding um, your characteristics as a, as a person, right? So like all of those kind of like are, I guess, subcategories of understanding yourself better, understanding your path better, understanding your triggers, um, understanding your relationships with other people, what brings you together or what potentially creates cracks in your relationships, especially, again, if they're karmic or based on past lives, um, et cetera, et cetera. As well as understanding groups of people, which is kind of like a little bit of something new that we're going to be diving into this, um, you know, during this episode, diving into during this episode. So um, think uh, think of it as kind of almost like accessing an egregore. If you're not familiar with what an egregore is, essentially it's... Um, Uh, Like a collective, um, it's a construct, it's an energy construct, uh, like almost like a collective thought form. Every organization, every movement in the world has an egregore, like an energetic structure, essentially. And you can use your own personal abilities to access the Akashic Records in order to be able to better understand organizations, movements, companies, countries, et cetera, et cetera. Families, you know, family unit could be an egregore. Um, as well as, by the way, um, which is also like a really curious technique I'll, I'll, I'll be teaching you today, um, understanding how other people perceive you, right? Because there's, you know, there's always at our core, yeah, you know, like who, who we truly are. And then there is people's perception of us. Interestingly, right, the Akashic Record stores all of it, right? Your perception of yourself, other people's perception of you, as well as the reality the way it is as well as your higher self-perception perception of you, if that is of interest, right? Um, because the Akashic Records is not, it, it's, a, it's a rich database, but it's not recorded from one point of view only. It is recorded from every single point of view, right? So, for instance, the conversation that we're having right now, right, is going to be recorded in the Akashic Records from my point of view, as well as the point of view of every single listener of this conversation, As well as the point of view of, you know, the camera that's recording this, uh, your house plant that's sitting in your vicinity as you're listening to this podcast, as well as a particle of light that's floating right now in ether in front of my face right now, as well as, you know, any, essentially any participant of of, of this conversation that we're having today is going to have their own unique view on what's happening right now. And that is all going to be recorded. In the Akashic record field, the reason this is interesting is because you get to access perceptions and not just the happening, right? Because perceptions is really the, the most fascinating aspect, and so that's that's essentially the extent of what we're going to be talking about today. So why don't we dive right in? First things first. Regardless of how you know how frequently you're working with Akashic records, how proficient you are at it, um, then. Probably the one thing that I want to note that I haven't told you about the Akashic Records yet is the number one most critical part of your energy body, part of your body, maybe, shall I say, in order that you need um, in order to access the Akashic Records is your third eye or your third eye chakra, your brow chakra, Um, Of all the chakras, this is the one that connects you to the informational field the most. Now, arguably, arguably, you could also use the heart to connect to the Akashic records. But uh, the information that you would be able to perceive and download from the Akashic records via your heart chakra is going to be quite limited compared to what's available to you if you were to use your third eye. So um, if for, you know, one reason or another, you have been struggling accessing the kashuk records, if you have tried and you feel like you're not getting the information, don't despair. Most likely, you need to work on opening your third eye a little bit more. I believe in the past, we did an episode about the third eye chakra. I may choose to do a refresher. If you feel like you need a refresher from me or you have questions around the third eye, Please drop me a DM on Instagram. I am on this is Maria Official. Maria with a weird spelling, M-A-R-I-Y-A. Just, just letting you know. Um, so what is pertinent to us today, right? Uh, remember, your third eye, right? Like when you come to this planet, this is not necessarily the planet where third eye, look like every human being has a third eye open. Unfortunately, this is more of an outlier to have your third eye opening, open and functioning properly. Multiple reasons for that. This is a very masculine-based planet, which means it's the planet of logic, right? On planets that are run by logic very often, third eyes tend to be atrophied. They tend to be the part of the body that is not being referred to that frequently. Now, um, the reason you have that part of your body um, means that you're meant to use it, right? Because God, creator, source, however you want to call that consciousness, doesn't put things randomly into beings, Mm -hmm. Uh, It is all a great and grand plan. And by the way, third eye, the area of your body that is third eye, is so intrinsically complicated that I promise you, you didn't get it. You, You didn't accidentally develop it in your body. It was meant to be there. And part of the reason that it is meant to be there is because you, as a being, are meant to have access to the Akashic Records. That is the norm, you guys. It is actually not the norm to have it calcified, to have that center essentially dormant in the vast majority of, of the human population. So as part of, you know, our grand awakening uh, on planet Earth, we're also coming back into our third eye uh, space and reawakening it. So if, you know, if you have been trying, you know, and for, you know, to access the Akashic Records, but you feel you're not seeing very clearly, there are certain simple things, you know, s- simple tips I could give you to improve that. Now, this is not the episode on third eye, so let, let me preface it with that. One thing I'll tell you is, if there's a part of your body that y- exists, right, and everybody has their third eye energetically, um, as well as, you know, their uh, physically a pineal ground, uh, both exist, right? But you haven't necessarily been um, accessing it. Um, think of it as um, almost being surrounded by like a thin shell, and shell, um, not dissimilar to an egg shell, right? And that's what essentially a, um, a calcification feels like and looks like at the, at the physical level as well as feels like in the, uh, on the etheric, on the energetic level. Um, so there is a shell that surrounds your third eye area. Um, apart from, you know, making certain changes to your diet, there are also things energetically you could do to help remove the shell. Because the shell, again, kind of like goggles, um that you put on your regular eye or like if you have like a really really dark shades or if you if you um uh, essentially the shell is going to constrict your sight and that's all you know that's almost obvious right you cannot see through like a wall in the same way it's very very hard to see through the shell so there are ways of gentle um removing of the shell energetically and essentially Yeah, really quickly, I'll just give you this practice. In a meditative state, you would um, want to imagine that um, you are standing next to a large mm, bathtub. And this bathtub is filled with this transparent liquid. And you don't know what this liquid is, but you don't really need to know. Um, You just need to know that it is, you know, like an, an acidic type of liquid of some sort. Now, it is, this type of liquid is completely safe to the entirety of your body body, apart from the shell that surrounds your third eye. So in a meditative state, if your intention is to decalcify your pineal gland, if your intention is to open up your third eye, you can imagine yourself being submerged, you know, full body, full body submerged into that bath tub filled with that like transparent acidic um, composition. And then the, you would notice that instantly that um, liquid starts entering, penetrating um, your head, like your skull, going um, through through your skull, and um, kind of like circulating around the area that is your pineal gland and around that shell, that eggshell. It's a white eggshell-like looking thing, uh, etherically. And so th- allow the acid to remove and like dissolve the eggshell. Um, like literally you would, um, you know, the moment that the acid comes in contact with the shell, the shell dissolves. It's almost kind of like an ice melting effect. That's kind of like what it feels like. And so just be here, be here for that process, right? You may need to repeat this practice a couple of times. Is this a silver bullet type practice? Unfortunately, it's not. It's one of those lead bullets. So you're going to have to do, you know, this is just another way towards getting you, uh, to get your third eye to open, um. Another thing that could be quite healing energetically for your third eye is sending massive amounts of violet or purple light towards your third eye area, almost like emanating it, um, you know, um, or or using like a violet flame actually is also really, really good. If you've been um, um, curious about the energies of the flame, um, you can listen to the episode on the violet flame. But if you're uh, if you don't have the time, just imagine there is a violet flame that's burning straight in the middle of your forehead. And imagine the violet flame to work with your third eye area, opening it up, making it become receptive. Um, The third quick practice um, I I recommend for the people that don't feel like they see is envisioning and imagining your third eye um, as almost like having an absorbent uh, surface. Um, And um, as, you know, As you're um, starting to work with that area first, I want you to imagine that it's like um, a bowl of violet light, like your third eye is like a globule um, or a sphere of violet light or purple light, and it starts to rotate. So anytime you have like a dormant part of your body that does not want to engage... You want to start moving it. And so energetically, you want to start moving it, right? Obviously, your physical pineal gland is not going to move, but etherically, energetically, you you would create the movement. And so you would you want to uh, first create the movement that is counterclockwise uh, for about 10, 10 circles, 10 rounds, and then you would wanna create the opposite rotation. Uh, And then so counterclockwise movement, right? So you create the movement. And then you can also, um, you know, you can flip it every which way, right? Like you can create other movements, like slight, um, like bouncy movement, for instance. Again, in your like the little, almost like there was like a ball of air, like a ball of energy here in the middle of your forehead. Um, You would want to imagine like a bouncy, like slight bounces up and down, up and down, left, right, left, right. Um, That would help bring your, and activate your third eye, bring it out of the dormant state. Because again, if imagine like you never used your left arm. Like you'd still have your left arm, but if your left arm was never used, you wouldn't know how to do anything with your left arm. You wouldn't know how to like flip on a switch with your left arm. So that's the thing with the third eye, right? Because it has been underused, because you have never called on it for its natural function, it's not doing anything. However, the more you call on it, the more you're trying to wake it up and be like, hey, dude, are, still are you still there? Are still there? Because, you know, I need you to uh, help me access the Akashic Records. The more you do that, you know, y- the more you would notice that your third eye is starting to wake up, right? And over time is providing you with more and more information, right? At First, it may give you the colors, just the vibrations, you know, like or some even fuzzy colors It may not even be like very crisp colors. And then you would notice that those colors may become crisper, you know, then you may be like, oh, I see more than the colors, I see patterns. And then you may be like, well, I see more than the patterns, maybe I start seeing shades and outlines of things, right? And so it's a gradual process, right? Just don't give up. Like, if you don't see something day one, that is normally, guys, that is just the status quo of planet Earth. 100% of human beings, okay, 99 point something, started there. And you know, most people are still there. So you're like light years ahead, but just keep trying, right? So um, some, some of the things. Another thing that you may do is use the energy of the breath or the energy of the sound to reawaken this part of your brain. How would you do that? Um, you would literally imagine breathing in and out through your third eye center, in and out, in and out. So literally, uh, you breathe in, but b- before the um, air goes into your lungs, imagine it penetrating from your third eye area and then getting into your throat and then getting into your lungs. And the same thing on the exhale, right? So that is how you would use the power of the breath to reawaken or awaken your third eye. The power of sound is kind of the same thing. You would pick um, uh, a sound. It can be om, you know, the sound of the universe. Um, it could be um doesn't really matter it could be me you know any of those sounds are actually going to work fine me i find um uh, as well really really um like healing for third eye and you would imagine um that you're singing into the middle of your forehead it would be something like me but as i'm doing this and it's a prolonged sound You would imagine that you're sending that vibration straight into the, you know, into your third eye area, into your um, brow chakra area. And, um, you know, um, essentially you would help awaken, reawaken it with the sound. Okay. I felt like I just gave you a crash course in third eye awakening, which was not my intention. I was actually going for the Akashic Records, but I just figured that I would tell you because Literally, the rest of this episode is predicated upon you having some form of, you know, some <laughs> some semblance of your third eye being open, at least to some degree. Maybe not a hundred percent. Maybe we're not, you know, running yet. But we gotta have to at least start crawling, you guys, right? And again, I have like enough of my listeners, and we're actually the. It, it's interesting because the larger this group gets, um, the more diverse a set of folks we're getting. Um, it used to be that. You know, this podcast was for light workers who were like, okay, like third eye all the way, and they already knew how to read the Akashic Records. And now we're getting a lot of, you know, people who are just, you know, here either accidentally or, you know, they're just like overall curious. And so I cannot assume that, um, you know, everybody's third eyes are open. The good news is 100% of you, whoever you are, has the capacity to open your third eye. And by the way, you guys, it's not even going to take you 30 years to do that. Like, literally, if you set your mind to it, you can open it within months. Even if right now, like, it's completely calcified, it doesn't really matter. Because it is a part of your body. You already have it, right? It's not like you're going to have to grow an appendage. That's not what's going to have to happen. You already have an appendage. You already have a pineal gland inside of your brain right now. It was put there for a reason. Why don't we use it? Okay, I'm going to get off this tangent. Going back to the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records is such a tremendous tool. Part of the reason why I feel so strongly about teaching all of you how to access it and real-life applications of it is because I find that it—it it is a tool that, despite being available available to everybody, is used by hardly anyone. And it—you know—it's um, upsetting because if 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 you only knew how much information you have literally at your fingertips, you would move through life with so much more ease, so much less drama, and you would make so, you know, so... um so little mistakes if they you know, obviously like yes, every mistake is valid, there's no such a thing as mistake. every experience is amazing. But do you know what I mean? Like some people you know set a goal for themselves and it takes them three seconds to get there and other people need 10,000 lifetimes. Like which one are you, which would you like to be? Would you like to like learn the same lesson for 10,000 lifetimes? or would you like to move faster? Arguably from soul level and from my perspective, the faster the better, but hey, it's your life, you call the shots. Anyway, going back to using the Akashic records, And that is why i almost hey i respect you know sometimes the need when you're just starting sometimes it's really tempting to want to go to a practitioner uh get your akashic records read by another human and i think as an exercise it's really fun however it's not sustainable if you know if you really um and not sustainable to like you know do these readings like five times a day right but that isn't that that is how much how how frequently you could be referring to the akashic records, um, and it could be really useful in your life. Okay, uh, let's get to the substance. First, accessing your own akashic records. Akashic records is not just a library. It is also not just a network um, of information, like a net of information with cells, and you know you can access those cells. Um, or rather, it is but it also has shortcuts think of it as um this this is the analogy that i'm going to give you um imagine that you have a serious actually just one book imagine you have one book and then um within that one book very often most often most books have um a table of contents at the beginning right or a synopsis, but the table of contents is a better example, right? So technically speaking, before buying a book on Amazon or however else you guys are buying books, right? You could look at the table of contents and be like, does this look interesting? Does this not look interesting? You know, is this for me? Is this not for me? Same thing with Akashic records. The Akashic records is not um, a discombobulated mess of information. It is actually a very, very well-structured database. And if you only knew what the structure was your life would be infinitely easier right now um, you could also access it every which way which is why very often when accessing the Akashic records um, you would use a guardian or a keeper to help lead you to the right sector of the Akashic record field however and this is actually, uh, the next. this next piece of information could be interesting for you to imagine in your head as I'm telling you the story um, because that's where we're gonna start practicing your third eye magic, right? Every time you're envisioning or imagining whatever I'm saying, you're essentially um, starting to activate this dormant part of your body. So here's what I would like for you to imagine. Yes, your own personal Akashic Record um, database is vast it's massive and technically it is organized in a way from you know alphabetically let's just say that that is definitely one way that we can think about it essentially yes it has everything in chronological order um and it has everything from a to z however wouldn't you agree that maybe going from just like looking at every single life or every single experience um located under letter a is not necessarily the best use of your time like how do you know that's the most relevant thing for you and you really don't um so that's why uh there's been developed a system of shortcuts uh almost like the outline of the book so you don't have to read the full book to understand what's available to you now even the outline even the table of contents so to say of the akashic records is quite robust So here's what I'd like for you to imagine. There are certain sections that I find to be quite fascinating when you are studying your own Akashic record fields. So when you access the general facility, so to say, or the general location of your own Akashic records, um, you would notice that there are tracks of information available to you. And this is what I'd like for you to imagine. There are 12 main tracks within your own Akashic record field that are most relevant to the current incarnation that you live in, to this life of yours. 12 main tracks. Energetically, they look like 12 strings of golden light. Um, They are located parallel to one another. So like almost like 12 parallel golden lines uh, right next to each other. What are those? And what are those tracks? Like what is the concept of those tracks? Uh, 12 tracks are the different facets of who you are that make up this current avatar of yours, like this current uh, persona of yours, this current identity of yours. Each of the tracks contains Almost like a particular archetype or a particular quality or a particular characteristic that makes who you are today. All twelve are easily accessible. It's almost like having twelve bookmarks. And then, so that's the first thing, right? That's available. So since essentially When I'm as a as a being, right, when I access any of your Akashic record fields, there are three things that are glaringly obvious to me. These are the three things that I'm bombarded with. The first thing is this 12 uh, parallel lines, right, which are kind of like almost like themes that are going to come. Themes or strings of who you are as a being. Um, that make up the totality of who you are, of who you are in this incarnation. The second aspect that I see is five black boxes underneath the 12 golden strings. And it's very important for you to start imagining or, or, um, you know, seeing actually what I'm saying, because that is a mental picture of a, like a shortcut. Um, to like your future working with Akashic Records, right? So there are five black boxes underneath the 12 strings. The black boxes are your main karmic knots for this life. This life, again, we're just talking this life, right? So those are going to be immediately accessible to me as well. And last, the third thing that is immediately accessible to me, as well as anybody really, who starts to work with individual Akashic Record fields, um, it uh, You know, the third shortcut is what I would almost call the main archetype or another way to describe it is um, the vantage point or like a facet of you that you're most proud of, like almost like most proud part of you, most cherished aspect of your being, right? So, that is actually um, energetically where that is located is in, so, in fr- essentially in front of the black boxes and the golden strings. You see this like um, almost like a globule of white light. And that globule of white light it's going to be like really in your face. Like, it's really the first thing that you see when you access anybody's Akashic records. And, and it's almost like a persona that takes over. Um, and then, so re- let me quickly explain how these things are formed. And then I'll also explain how you can access those for yourself. Now, 12, let's start there. 12 strings, right? 12 aspects of, of who you are. Those are almost like the main themes or the main um, characteristics, right? Um, of like your qualities, shall, shall we say, that are going to be highlighted in your current incarnation. Those are not randomly selected. Those are selected by your higher self as he or she's planning your incarnation. It's almost like the 12 outfits, right? At one point, I also made an episode about archetypes. This is not dissimilar to archetypes, although I don't wanna confuse the terminology. So if you wanna to listen to an episode on archetypes, you, you may find a lot of rich, and dense, really good information there. Um, 12 is a lot. You can also access a simplified version of the Akashic Record field, um, like personal one. Um, there are two simplified versions that exist. There's a version with five strings and then there's a version with three. So essentially, depending on how in-depth or how light you want to go, you can access various levels of complexity. By the way, there are, there are obviously more levels of complexity beyond 12, but uh, it's it starts getting into really complex territory, so we're not going to go there um so on that note um how are the twelves selected your higher self looks at this current incarnation and it plans you know outcomes right these are the outcomes this is the mission of this incarnation this is what i want my lower self essentially to do and then based on that it selects the 12 outfits for you to wear uh you know, and again, a good way to think about it could be an, um, in an archetypical type of way. For instance, one of the main topics that may be selected for your life is being a mother. And so what gets highlighted, or a father for that matter, right? what, get, what gets highlighted in one of these 12 strings are all of the relevant experiences around motherhood of fatherhood that you had in your past lives that you've already lived, that shaped who you are as a parent. If that makes sense, right? So you know how you guys all have personalities, but you don't—you don't really know where they came from. If that makes sense, personalities are not randomly created. Personalities are, you know, essentially um, a condensed version of your past experiences. For example, let's say you lived ten thousand lives where you were attacked by a tiger, and in 9000 lives you chose to stay and fight the tiger and in 1000 lives you chose to run away from the tiger the density of your experiences so like the nine you know the nine out of 10 times right you chose to fight the tiger nine out of 10 of those experiences all, you know all of a sudden are forming a particular pattern of your relationship to danger right so in this particular case this being you know chooses the fight versus flight so this is the being that has been training courage right as opposed to you know has a pattern of being scared and running away not wanting to deal with their issues right so this person has maybe developed courage maybe has developed some um you know strength of will has developed some strength right As opposed to somebody else who may have a flipped polarity, right? Who may have an avoidance style of of dealing with issues. Who may have fears being a lot more prominent and fears running their life. Um, Who may, um, you know, have a hard time committing to things. Because if you commit to things, right, it's hard for you to run away from problems or tigers, if you know what I mean. So your personality is nothing other than a collection of your experiences from past lives now. You've all had millions of experiences, right? Which means that technically speaking, there are more than 12 archetypes and more than 12 personality traits you could possibly have. You probably have thousands upon thousands. Now your higher self is not going to give you thousands. It actually, you know, think about it. Your earthly avatar, like your earthly persona is actually quite simple, all things considered. So 12 really is the roughly, like, every single human can be explained, like, with 12 different uh, patterns that are running them in, in, on planet Earth. That's it. It's that simple. It's not, it's not a very complicated planet at all um, from this perspective. So if you wanted to truly understand someone, you could look at all the 12 patterns that they brought with themselves, all the 12, like, lines, I'll understand what those are, and you would know exactly what kind of being they are and like exactly what kind of aspects they brought with themselves, right? So the twelve again, they could be very different. Like one could be a pillar of um, courage. One could be a pillar of like around money. Like maybe your relationship with money is really important. And it could be um, just again, like what is your relationship with money? Like you um, on your um, pillar, or a golden thread, golden string of of money issues. Uh, it could be, okay, like, Maybe um, you um, would bring uh, experiences where you had lack of money, right? Maybe um, it, it would be. and by the way, um, on that pillar, there could be all kinds of different memories. It could be memories of losing an inheritance. It could be memories of, you know, um, being left as a single parent with three children having to provide for them. It could be uh, a memory of uh, becoming disabled and not being able to pay the bills or what have you, right? Like that could be another string. But really, instead of, that's the one thing that's important because I want to also simplify instead of complicating things for you, I feel like I'm complicating things, things a little bit. The good news about these 12 strings is they're very, very simple. They're going to come to you. You're not going to be able to dissect all the 12,000 different lives that went into it. You're going to get like a very quick one or two word read on what it is. Literally, for this person, it would be like insecurity around money. And that's all you're going to see about that pillar. The third one may be a warrior spirit because this person is just like such a warrior. The fourth one could be compassion and grace, you know, like all of these. It's it's like almost like a borderline, like personality traits that come from past experiences. These are the 12. Now, again, if 12 is too much, you can always just look at the five or just at the three. How is it determined? Like when, when Akashic records are becoming condensed and instead of seeing 12, you're seeing five or three. You're seeing the ones that have the most gravity, the most weight in the lifetime. So essentially the Akashic records is going to adjust itself to only show you the main ones because not out of the 12, not everything is created equal. Not everything has the same weight. And so it'll just show you the main, the main, the main patterns. So this is the 12. The five boxes underneath are the karmic knots. The karmic knots are not the same as experiences, but these are cornerstone issues for you to solve. Now, we all have a lot of karma. Karma is a byproduct of being alive. Um, At any point in time, for any incarnation, uh, you select between three and five, but for planet Earth, tends to be five, karmic knots for you to untie. And those five are going to be accessible via these black boxes. Last but not least is this little being In the front uh, like the white that i described as the white sphere of light this is the first thing when you start interacting with your own akashic records or you start interacting with an akashic records of another like literally the first layer you peel off this thing is front and center and this is almost like at the very core of who you are what is the one number one? what is your saving grace that is a good way to describe it like what is your saving grace what is the number one most defining good thing about you right um and you would notice all kinds of things people are proud about all kinds of things on this planet you may see people who were you know who had an incarnation during world war ii and they were piloting an aircraft and they're super proud of that um a lot of men have warrior archetypes you know like very strong warrior like fighting for their home fighting for their motherland so a lot of strength over there for men um you would see um a lot of you know beauty like beautiful archetypes for women, nurturing archetypes for women, like being uh, like almost like a Mother Teresa with that, you know, um, if I were to try to quickly explain that, um, some goddesses and queens definitely coming through for a lot of women. So you're going to have a lot of that, right? Like what is the aspect that, you know, you're most proud of? You can tell so much about a person by just knowing these pieces of information. Five karmic knots, one saving grace, And 12 patterns or 12 personality traits even if you know three personality traits that is more than you know most people know about each other and more than most people know about themselves if you were to understand that you would understand people on such a crazy deep level that you would be better than any shrink out there (laughs) better than any psychologist psychiatrist i kid you not because this these are your underlying patterns these are the things that are in the subconscious that run your day-to-day right why do you act a certain way why don't you act a certain way why do certain things trigger you they do because you have a particular energetic composition to your body that you came into courtesy of your higher self if i wanted to understand what that is i would access your personal akashic record field and i would look at these 12 plus 5 plus 1 factor right and that's all the information I really need to know 18 pieces of data even if I just looked at three three five and one right so nine essentially pieces of data I would still get a complete picture of you why is this good news right once you get to know now obviously a for your own Akashic records I recommend that to literally hundred percent of you I think you should do your own personal Akashic records reading using this framework, you would be surprised what comes out better than any personality test you can come across, better than Myers-Briggs. I kid you not. Just saying. Two, right? It's going to become a lot easier for you to interact with other humans, especially if you have communication issues, especially if you're an introvert and you don't necessarily are, you're not necessarily are looking to spend three hours With conversations with random strangers right you can just know a lot about them now there are certain things about akashic records that is protected information and uh, access levels is something that i talk about in my previous episode on akashic records not every single human has the same level of access codes to the akashic records right depending on your level of proficiency as a soul and a slew of other factors You may or may not have high clearance levels around accessing Kashuk records. In other words, when we're talking about information around about other human beings, it is only normal, right, that our guides and their guides are protective of the information that the Kashuk records exist. So whenever we are interacting with information of another being, about another being, it is really important that we maintain a certain level of integrity in our hearts and our intention is for the greater good as well as their like their greater good as well, right? If we are trying to access Akashic Records with a malicious intent, then um, A, this is not how this library is supposed to work. So consider yourself warned. So it, you're gonna be creating ripples, right? distortions in the field, right? So never try to use the Akashic records to harm everybody or anybody. That's just the, you know, putting it out there because it needs to be said. Um, But also don't be surprised that if you have a malicious intent and try to access somebody else's Akashic records, don't be surprised if your record um, access is going to be closed. Uh, Because um, the keepers and the guardians of the Akashic records have full clearance to remove uh, or grant you, um, you know, clearance, um, sorry, 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 access, grant you access, right? So if they see you abusing the system, uh, unfortunately, consider yourself warned. They may just remove the access keys. However, if you are accessing the Akashic records, not because you're trying to be malicious or trying to mistreat another or anything, then this is fair game. Now, I still wouldn't recommend doing in-depth, like, regressions and, like, looking at, you know, other people's lifetimes without their consent, even if you have that ability, right? In the same way that you probably wouldn't want to read other people's intimate correspondence, it's just like not really cute, (laughs) Uh, you know, because I think like we all have the rights to privacy. I wouldn't go too deep into other people's Akashic Records field. However, the outlines are a little bit different. The outlines of these like table of contents are more fair game, right? um that is considered almost like general access knowledge so these pieces of information that i described i just described to you um you know almost like fair game to understand about other people why would you want to do that why would you want to understand that about other people i don't know co-workers trying to understand you know them where they're coming from why they are the way they are your family members same right like there's so much family drama Uh, You know, that's why they say, right, um, if if you're, you know, zen or a saint and, you know, try going back home for the holidays and see how saintly you are then, um, because our family triggers us like nobody else, it would be so much easier, I find, for people to come to terms with their parents, their children, their aunts, uncles, any of the above, right, all of the above, any of their family members, if they just could do a quick access into the Akashic records and see those key points about, you know, the why and like what makes these people the way they are would solve, I feel like, 90% of the problems. Kid you not. Okay. So this is about accessing, um, you know, personal personal records, like either personal records or records for one person. Not I'm not necessarily making a distinction here. So how do you actually do that? There are so many ways, you guys. I will just focus on some of the simplest ones. So if you are doing a reading on yourself, if you're doing a reading on yourself, um, this is actually the easiest um, in some ways, and although arguably maybe not, because we all have um, extreme blind spots about our own around our own um, everything, right? Like it's it's the hardest person to judge is yourself, right? So again, that's why I don't come into this exercise expecting to judge any of the information that you see, but rather to learn. So, couple of um, I'm going to give you really quickly a few different ways that you can access your own personal Akashic records. Um, some of them are going to range from extremely expected to some be lesser expected. Um, here are a few. A, you always want to do, at least initially, when you're starting to work with Akashic Records fields, you want to start from medita- a meditative state, right? So really clear your mind. Make sure that it's not cluttered. Make sure you're using the energy of the breath to cleanse your overall vibration, Um, then you would want to imagine that there is a pillar of light right in front of you, a pillar of light, golden light, uh, comes straight from heavens, don't know where it comes, don't know where it goes. You would want to step into the pillar. This would represent your personal Akashic record field, the one that's the easiest to access. You get into the pillar, right? So the pillar is the most important thing, so connecting with the pillar. Making sure that the entirety of your body is encapsulated within the pillar. The next thing you can do, then there are multiple options from here. You can imagine there is a book in front of you and you just flip the pages, right? That's what you can imagine. It works for some. Then you can imagine that um, it's a waterfall of golden light with codes. It's almost like a water, but it's codes codes and symbols and that water is starting to trickle up like it's just starting to um, actually pour on you and that is another form of information accessing that information you may actually imagine that there is um a cord that's being created in in the center of your um third eye and that golden cord connects you to a cell up in the ceiling, there's like a cell of golden light. That cell is your personal cell of the Akashic record field. That, that's another way to connect. Um, last that I'll give you is you want to imagine that in front of you, there is like a little bowl of water. Um, but that water is golden. That water would represent the Akashic record field in order to connect to it you would drop both of the palms of your hands into the water submerge both of your hands in the water and then imagine like your palms are now absorbing that water with all the information and that is actually another really really powerful way to receive the information from the you know akashic records so once you have the connection established in you know one of the four ways that i just described you would want to imagine this energy structure that I just explained to you. 12 little pillars, right? Five black boxes, and then one white sphere. Literally, you would be able to see that in your, in your mind's eye, in your third eye. And then you would just come up one by one by one. You know, you can touch this object, flip it almost, and this object is going to reveal the information that it holds, right? So for the white sphere, like you're saving grace, right, like the one aspect or the one life that you're so proud of, that like, like literally it's um, it's kind of like the the part of you that warms your heart. Um, that one generally comes as an image. So um, that white sphere is going to rotate and then it's going to turn into an image of a person. And, like, depending on what that image shows you, you know, what kind of dress it is, you know, who is that person? Are they a warrior? Are they, like, a dancer? Who are they? You know, you would be able to tell, like, what is the number one thing that, like, really defines you? What are you most proud of about the aspects that you've brought, right? What is the, like, the near and dear life that you lived that is so who you are, right, right? that you made it a saving grace. What is the purpose of the saving grace? The saving grace is your center. The saving grace is the thing that you fall back on when the going gets hard, subconsciously. You're not aware of it. But when your world becomes shaky, this is the access that you're gonna rebuild your confidence around. That's why I really like paying attention to the saving grace. By the way, for something like this, you may wanna take notes because trying to remember this many aspects of yourself it's, it's, it's impossible, you guys. Like, uh, human, human beings can remember seven, seven things, I think, successfully. Post seven things. It's, it's really hard. So you may want to take notes. If you're freaking out about opening up your eyes in the middle of the meditation, don't freak out. It's normal. You can go in and out of that state. And so you can take notes and go back to the meditation state. Don't worry about that. When you open your eyes to take a note, your meditation state doesn't go anywhere; it's still there, so don't worry. And then you would—the next thing you would do is you would flip the twelve personas, like the the, the twelve um, personality traits, right—and kind of like unwrap them. And the information may come to you in words or pictures again, right? So you may write down write down the twelve. And probably the uh, the, the the last that I would do is the five karmic knots. Um, what are the five karmic knots? It could be you know essentially the five problems that you need to solve. Um, it could be, like, money, relationships, education, um, standing up for myself, uh, getting my voice back, figuratively figuratively or literally, being a good parent, being a good kid, you know, whatever. Like, you you may have so many different karmic nods. Um, it could be something deeper, like, fighting for the rights of animals, you know, that could be, like, a karmic nod. Um, being fair and telling the truth could be a karmic knot right like it's it's all it's it's essentially your to-do list if that makes sense right if if the 12 pillars up top are like the who you are list the karmic knots are your to-do list if that makes sense okay and then so essentially you know you would be able to see all of these aspects about yourself um yes if you are accessing the Akashic records of another being, because you're trying to build a closer relationship with them, because you maybe have a personal conflict and you're not sure where it's coming from or what this person is coming from, and you think that they're being the way they are because they're being vindictive or because they hate you. Chances are they're not. Chances are you just really have to look into what their own composition is. By the way, regardless of whether you have a conflict with a person or not, there are certain people in your life that I absolutely recommend you do a quick, swipe of the Akashic records, both of your parents, your spouse or significant other, even if you're not married, doesn't really matter your kids, your best friend, your worst enemy. That's what I would do. Best friend, worst enemy. You could also do an ex. Like if there's an ex of yours that just somehow doesn't want to leave, there's some unresolved thing in there. And so looking up in their Akashic records could actually help you resolve things, believe it or not. Now, do you have to do the same exercise and look at all these like all these pieces of data on other people? Absolutely not. You can just, you know, you can just look at three traits instead of 12. That's cool. Also, however, it would really help you to understand either saving grace, right? Their saving grace is extremely, extremely important because when people are proud of their aspects you may bet on it that they're gonna act in congruence or inconsistent. like they're gonna be consistent with their saving grace. For example, if you are seeing somebody say you're looking up somebody's saving grace and it's a nurse or a caretaker like a, you know a doctor. There are a lot of those by the way, then you know that they really care deeply about helping others and that is the truest expression of who they are at soul level potentially right so this life for instance right they may not be a nurse maybe this lifetime they are an entrepreneur and they decided to i don't know have a bakery but really their saving grace is the nurse that nurturing archetype right The one thing you cannot win with people is if you attack their saving grace in any way, shape, or form. That is not something that I I, I recommend anybody does, right? Because again, somebody's saving grace is a sense of their stability. So for instance, if your mom is an entrepreneur, but she really likes helping people on the streets if they need help seemingly, or I don't know, she is feeding squirrels in the park, or whatever and her saving grace is the nurse then you know why, like why all of this is coming from where this is all is coming from right so you may not you may not want to criticize her for being like mom you're an entrepreneur what are you doing like feeding squirrels she may get really offended right so don't ever attack anybody's saving grace but I'm, I'm not saying you would but just just giving you um, you know perspective like, just ho- to hope to provide perspective so saving grace is also who somebody is at at, at at soul level. So um it what I also mean by that is it's very hard for people to act the opposite of their saving grace. For instance, let's say that you are hiring somebody, I don't know, for your team, you're the hiring manager, and you really need somebody who is extremely fair, like. I don't know, like a chief financial officer or whatever, like somebody in the accounting. They need to be fair. But you see somebody who is a saving grace and their saving grace is a nurse. It's really hard to get impartiality uh, from a nurse because nurses, right, are very heartfelt people. They lead with their heart. They don't lead with their brain. They just feel somebody else's pain. They're like, oh, I need to help them. So what I'm saying is they may not be the right fit for the role because it's very it would be very hard for the nurse to not act compassionately in general, right? Very hard for her to be impartial or him, right? So all I'm saying is the saving grace can really tell you a lot about the person, how they're going to act, but also their value system, right? You should always be asking them, like yourself, what does that person value? Do they value status? Do they value money? Do they value helping others? Because your saving grace is really going to be telling. Right? But also, even if you're seeing, a, for instance, if you're looking at, you know, your own saving grace or other people's saving grace, you need to pay attention and ask clarifying questions because you can. For instance, let's say that you're looking at somebody and they're saving grace is a queen right? Like you're looking at like the first thing that stares you in their face, in your face is, oh my God, she's a queen. She's such a queen or like a king. You need to ask yourself the question, what kind of queen or king is it? Because royalty is not created equal, right? So that person lived in a life sometime in the past of being royalty. But what kind of royal were they that they, that they were so proud? And what is it important about, you know, for them about being royal for some people you would notice that they really just liked the power right like being in charge and that is one kind of royal and other people for instance loved being a queen or a king because it gave them the capacity and the means to give to others because they could provide large charity donations because they could build libraries and schools and hospitals you know what i mean right? They couldn't reach other people's lives. So always ask clarifying questions and also look not just at the face value of what you're being shown, but also the underlying vibration of that archetype, right? Not just the queen, but what kind of queen? Benevolent queen, you know, beautiful queen, powerful queen. Those are very different queens. Smart queen, you know, what kind of queen is it? I, I hope this makes sense. Okay. Um, So again, saving grace, really, really important. By the way, if you only have literally 30 seconds and you really need to do a quick read on somebody, um, you, you know, literally the first three seconds you access that Akashic Records field, the saving grace is going to start flying, flying out. So you would just really be like, okay, I just want to see the saving grace. I just want to see this main aspect show itself. And so it would. How would you like uh, read really quickly, how would you access other people, like one person's Akashic records? The very simple way is either through a photograph or when you actually see that person. Because their own access, like their own Akashic record field, here's what I'd like you to imagine to expand your perception. Um, There is a layer uh, of the uh, etheric body, energy body, that is actually um, like a very thin layer of gold um, and it looks like gold symbols that cover the person's body. Almost like a hieroglyph- hieroglyphs or symbols, yeah. And that is actually somebody's um, layer of Akashic Records that's literally attached to their um, etheric body, their energy body. Now, the culmination of this point is their own third eye area. So if you are trying to access somebody else's Akashic Records field, it is a connection from one third eye to another third eye. So you would literally be looking at their third eye area, the center of their forehead. And, right, if you want to turn on your third eye, right, because if you're focusing on the color of their eyes and their complexion, all that good stuff, you're using it to eyes. you almost need to allow your physical vision to go into the background and almost become fuzzy. Um, and focus on what your third eye is showing you. And it's gonna focus, your third eye inadvertently is gonna focus on the golden layer, on the golden symbols surrounding their uh, energy body. And it would straight, it would strictly go into the third eye area right above their eyes. That's why they say that the eyes, by the way, are the uh, the window of the soul or something like that, right? Like they're they the access to the soul. It's not really your physical eyes are, it's your third eye that is that entry point into your soul and your own personal Akashic record field. So you know uh, by kind of almost like removing the layers or like watching somebody's third eye area, you may get some light information about them. The number one thing you would definitely easily be able to read is their saving grace. Like what is the number one life that they're most proud of that they lived? Like what is their energetic profile? And then you would be able to also read um, the 12 um, aspects or at least uh, the three of the five aspects um that kind of like make up who they are so that is easily available um to everybody okay so that is reading actual people um another thing that i'll quickly add is this here's another way to use the akashic records if you have a conflict with somebody or if you it feels like a karmic relationship i find that there is so so much drama sometimes because people are not able to understand what the karmic relationship is coming from. They're not able to understand how to fix it. They're not able to understand any of the patterns. Here's what you do in this case. You imagine that you, are, you and that person that you have this issue with are standing in front of one another in a meditation. And you both are standing in the pillar of light. Remember that pillar of light is already access to the Akashic Records. You collectively, the two of you, have a collective Akashic Records field. And in between the two of you, there is a golden box, a golden box of all the lives that you lived together and all your karma together. What you want to imagine is that the both of you are coming up to this box, almost like a chest, and you're lifting the top of that chest, almost like opening up a Pandora's box. And then two things. Right, Because that chest is going to contain all the information about all the lifetimes, all the instances, all the occurrences that happened to bring the two of you to this point in time. So I find that by just understanding what happened in the past, it's so much easier to resolve the present and the future. So essentially, by diving into like literally diving or jumping into that box, into the the golden chest, if you will, you would be able to submerge yourself into all of those memories, into the field like your collective field. And so just look around and see what comes through that space. Flashes of memories, like certain instances, like videotapes from the past, certain words that were said, patterns, it's all going to start bubbling to the surface and coming through to you. So spend some time in that space if you want to resolve unresolved karmic knots with a particular human. Okay, last but not least, if we want to access collective Akashic records, which is what I'm doing right now when I'm talking to you guys, right? If I wanted to uh, essentially do any read, like in terms of percentages, if I wanted to look anything up, um, you know, I could um, access you know, the collective consciousness of you as a group of listeners, as well as every single being on, on, on planet Earth. Now, at this point, I don't really need to do anything special, but I'm also extremely connected to the Akashic Records. I live in the Akashic Records, if that makes sense. Um, I'm Like, I live and breathe Akashic Records, so it's, it's very easy for me. However, if you're just a beginner, here's what you would want to do. Uh, ac- accessing large Accessing large groups of people, information about large collective groups of people, is a little bit more complicated than accessing individual codes. Um, just because the information is denser, there's a lot more of it. And so I actually recommend a, an extra layer of protection when you're just starting off. So you would want to actually get into the whole of records. The keyword is the Hall of Records. Please remember, the Hall of Records. It's a code that I am trans- transmitting to you. A Hall of Records is a particular meeting place. It's a collective place within the Akashic Record construct. So in a meditative state, you would ask your guides or the universe to bring you into the golden Hall of Records. It's a very, very huge, humongous hole. Very tall ceilings, you guys. And it has golden pillars, like columns along um the the walls on the left and the right and like i don't know how many columns like thousands of columns because like literally this hall of records just never ends and it's all gilded like it's all golden and again very tall ceilings and very light so you would imagine yourself in the hall of records um hall of records is kind of like i said a collective meeting place um all kinds of things happens in here in the middle of the hall of records there is a large white crystal crystal quartz um that is kind of like the heart of the akashic records um and it's um it's crystalline heart um and then what you would see actually in the whole of records is almost like individual pods there's this, like golden individual pods for like people to access and like work with um certain aspects of akashic records and so you would walk inside of one of these golden pods these pods almost look like look like eggs with doors so you would walk inside of this egg with a door and inside of there there is a bowl um a bowl with water filled with water on on, on a stem on a stick i don't know how to explain almost like looks like um a, a, um like a, a martini glass <laughs> oh my god such a weird analogy so pardon pardon my now but like in a martini glass like a drink glass um but it's 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 huge. It does it's it's like a pretty large bowl, right? It's literally half of your uh, height, right? So it's a pretty large, almost like a, a mini fountain without being a fountain. I don't know if I'm making sense. Uh, but imagine there's like a bowl filled with golden energy, right? And again, like in this um in this record, so you would get an inside of the individual pod, and then you would explain to the um the water, the golden water that is inside of this bowl. martini glass if you will what aspect of the Akashic records you're trying to access for instance you'll be like please show me um, the collective of the United States or please show me every single like the collective space of all of the employees of the coca-cola company or please show me uh, the collective space of every single viewer of um, I don't know um, um the the oprah show or um i don't know ellen or any of the shows right that that could be like a request um you can be like please show me um every single person that goes to my college like that collective space a collective space of my college for instance you can be like show me the collective space of my family you know that could be one and so essentially there needs to be a request of like what collective energy you want to um access and then once that request is made is made you would notice that the water is starting to shift and it's almost like you see some like little particles in it almost like codes are shifting um like they're being um yeah they're just uh, morphing essentially in front of your eyes and then the morphing would stop and the energy would be solidified and then you would drop both of your hands again into this bowl of water and that is how you connect to the collective consciousness. You literally drop your hands, your energetic, your etheric hands. And you spend 30 minutes just connecting. From there, you can ask any question as it relates to that collective consciousness, to the collective consciousness of the group. For instance, you can be like, if you're looking at a family, and I, I don't know, like, let's say you, you're marrying into a family. Um, and it's a big deal, right? Like, you're merging your energy with all of these people. Um, and you have questions, right? What are their values? You know, what do they appreciate most um, in um in others? You know, what do they hate most? Like all of these questions may bother you, right? Um, what is their collective karma? What is their collective dharma? Like any of the questions that you may have, like what is their light karma, dark karma, like any of the above, right? Um, what are the the patterns that are very common to them? What should I expect? You know, all of these questions you could ask as it relates to that family. Or, for instance, if you're getting a new job, right, you could connect to the um, egregore, the collective consciousness of that company. And actually, you can learn so much about that company. This is better than doing reference checks on a company. Um, You could connect to the mental space of that company, right? So the mental chatter of people that work there. And you would be surprised how consistent the information is that comes through. Like, you would be able to see common thoughts of people that work there, are people overall happy? Are people overall miserable? Um, do a lot of are a lot of people trying to quit? Uh, do they feel like the company is doing well? Do they trust the management? Do they feel that the the CEO is is good or like what's the problem? What does it take to survive in that company? What kind of people? you know, Is it a cutthroat environment? Because they may tell you anything during interviews, but what is actually truly the case, right? If you're the business owner. It could be so fascinating for you to do that on your own business and your own company to try to understand the people perceptions or what the people's, people's perceptions are, right? Again, their mental chatter in, in that collective egregore, et cetera, et cetera. If you're trying to, if you're going to a new country and, or you're learning a new language, it can be quite fascinating to try to understand, okay, like how do the people that live in Spain, how are they different from the people that live in Mexico, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or like, I mean, it doesn't even have to be that dramatic. Portugal versus Spain. You know, you can go whatever, and you'll be able to read into the the collective energy of the group. Um, If you're working with groups of people, right, um, you can connect to their energy, even if it's a future group of people. For instance, let's say you have you host workshops every Tuesday. And you want to read into the energy of the group that is going to gather around you next Tuesday. You can do it right now. Like, you don't have to wait for for the group to actually gather. You can be like, okay, show me, you know, the common issues of the of the that group of people that's going to be, you know, with me on that Tuesday. You know, what do they worry about? What do they care about? And all of that information you're going to be able to receive through your hands in the bowl. Kid you not. Works like magic. Works like magic. If you're hosting meditations, again, right, you can read into the collective energy of the group. By the way, you don't have to do it during prep work. Once you get really good at this, you can do this intuitively and it'll take you 15 seconds. You know, these people are sitting in front of you, right? If you're guiding them in the moment, connect to the energy of the group. Be present to what it is that they want from you as a healer, right? As a group. Or as an individual, it doesn't really matter. You can use the same thing, the same bowl thing, the same bowl technique to connect to that one individual person, right? What do they want from you right now? What is on their mind? How can you be most helpful, right? These are just some examples of how you can use the Akashic Records to enrich your life today. Last but not least, before I forget, because I did forget, is this. If you're trying to understand how people perceive you, which could be the most fascinating, literally, experience ever, um, this is what you would want to do. You would want to again imagine that you're standing in the pillar of light that represents access to the akashic records so you walk into that pillar and then you want to zoom out and you want to see yourself in the middle like almost like floating up and imagine that you are like the center the nucleus of a larger sphere of light and then there are all these almost spikes or like rays emanating from you, kind of like you're the sun and all these rays are emanating from you. Um, So essentially we're gonna be looking at your own field, which is another way of looking at it is the spherical object. Now, when you're doing it that way, what you could get like present to is what people think of you. So essentially, again, Um, Just let me reiterate, because some of you didn't get uh, what it should look like. So you walk into the pillar of light, right? And then you see yourself, like your body of light inside of that pillar. And then you zoom out, right? And so you see your little body of light floating up, and it starts to become encapsulated within a sphere of golden light. So you're the nucleus, and then there's like a larger sphere that surrounds you. And then you also start emanating light like the mini sun, here's what you would want to do. You would want to first state your request. You would want to say, Akashic Records, can you please let me know what other people think of me? And then you would enter, you would penetrate as a consciousness. You would penetrate inside of this sphere of golden light, right? That is your energy field. And the moment you get inside of that sphere, where you are emanating light, inside of that sphere, you would be able to start almost like hearing mental chatter of other people around you and they would be like she's this he's that it's almost like words almost like a mental map have you guys ever seen like mind maps there are these things that's like mind maps um they would take all the words on the page and they would like blow it into a mind map that's literally all words but some words are more bold or larger depending on how often how frequent um they come across on a page so this is the same thing right because technically there are thousands of people that you've met in 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 your life and granted a lot of these people have very unique opinion about yourself about you but you would be surprised of how common some of these opinions are and so when you walk in, in into this like field you would you know the akashic records is going to throw you the words that people think about you most frequently like you couldn't escape that and, and that is actually a very, very interesting exercise. You, you may be surprised what you find out. It, it could be quite interesting. Okay. I meant this as a practical session. I don't know if this was complicated, although I guess I could really, really quickly look at the collective consciousness and see that there's actually a lot of excitement. Like enough of you are excited about this. You're like, holy cow, I didn't know I could do this. Uh, I'm glad that this is the feedback. Um, I wanted to allow you guys To ask me some questions about this because i know this was kind of dense and and practical um so anything that any clarifying questions around what we spoke about today i am ready to receive the question as long as it serves the collective um i'm ready to hear it anything that's akashic records related The question is, how do I know which technique I should use from the ones that you gave us today? Because you gave us like 12 different techniques. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I kind of wanted to, you know, uh, I-, I wanted to give you options because the truth of the matter is each of you is a unique snowflake. And I highly, highly recommend that you try at least a few of the of the ones that I, I gave you. Now, once you find the one, stick to the one. The point of this is not to like, you know, to, to know... 48 fancy techniques to do the same exact thing once you find the one technique that works just use it and abuse it and that's it like that's all you need I personally for collective spaces I like the bowl and hands exercise the best if I need quick guidance on other people I actually prefer going straight into their third eye area that is the quickest literally in three seconds you you get the information now again if you need something that's really sophisticated and you want to watch three hours of somebody else's past life a make sure that you know you have the access uh, access codes but this is not something that would necessarily just do like quickly on, on the spot like it requires maybe a little bit more concentration especially if you're trying to go for like higher um, like more detail information but don't make accessing the Akashic records harder than it needs to be you know what one thing I'll tell you is I give you all these ways there are 3,000 million other ways, which is probably 3,000 million is what, 3 billion? You know what I mean. 3 billion other ways plus, it's not a scientific calculation, to access Akashic Records. But also don't make it a big deal. It is intuitive. It is innate to you. Accessing the Akashic Records is innate to you. Your body knows how to do it. So if you have been doing it your own way, just do it. You know, really, then the outcomes of this episode for you is going to be well the the table of contents. You know, what what are the pieces of information that you can access, and you know maybe some other tidbits that you picked up along the way. But that 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 is what you would want to access. How you access it, you know, there are many many ways of doing it, right? So, uh, going back to your question, don't overwhelm yourself with perfecting every single technique. Pick a favorite. If it ends up working for you, beautiful. Just keep practicing. The more you practice, the less of a technique you're going to need. It's just going to be a request and an answer, a request and an answer. Because truly, you know, the outcome of all of these practices is you being able to ask a question and you being able to receive an answer instantaneously without closing your eyes, breathing for 10 minutes, trying to get in the hall of records, entering some type of capsule freaking putting your hands in in water and like any of that none of that like that is an interim step right in the same way that before you can speak words or before you can write words you need to like understand like what each letter looks like only then you can put them in words that is like the means of getting there right If you are already there and you can just ask a question and receive the answer, great. Then arguably you don't need any of the other techniques. But I wanted for you to have many tools so you have more things to try. Because everybody's different, you may just have favorites. Some techniques may work for you better than others and that's totally fine. Okay, I feel like there's another question from the collective on the Akashic Records. Um, I am ready to receive your question. question is how can i deepen my relationship with akashic records um well the more frequently interact with akashic records by default this is considered deepening the relationship you may also uh, start by asking very simple questions and then increase the complexity of your questions um for instance um you know initially i don't know you may just be like hey show me the saving grace um and then you can be like well can you show me the life where the saving grace came from uh, or what makes what makes this queen or king special, like what makes this archetype special, right? So like, you know, start asking more information, start getting more sophisticated questions because more sophisticated question, the more sophisticated the answer, right? They exist at the same frequency. That is how you deepen relation with Akashic Records. You can also create your own personal space within the Akashic Records. So you can almost like create a cell cell sounds morbid I meant like a cell in the matrix but like a room fine well let's use the analogy of the room you may create your own room or like an offshoot of the hall of records that is your own space you designate it as your own space and you make a commitment right to every time go to that space as you're trying to connect to the Akashic records or as you're working with Akashic records over time you would notice that that particular place Almost like becomes a holy place or like it starts developing density. And as it develops density, it almost it starts working in your favor, like almost like a spirit guide of sorts. Right. So that's another way to deepen your relationship. right? If you always go back to the same space or place, you would find your connection to be instant. You would find it to be deeper. You would find that the uh, information that comes through is higher quality or denser or just more specific. So that would be another way um, of improving your relationship. But also, always work in your third eye. Because again, the depth, the breadth of the information that you're getting from the Akashic Records is correlated entirely to how well that function, that part of your body is operating. All right, One last question, anything on the Akashic Records or the techniques that we uh, discussed today, I am ready to receive the question. How do I know that the information that I am getting is true and it's coming from the Akashic Records and I am not making it up? I find it endearing. Thank you for asking this. A lot of you are thinking that because especially as you're starting out, um, it's very easy to think that you came up with these things randomly. That This is not real. There is no proof for any of this. And in fact, you may be going crazy. Yes. It, it, it happens. One thing I'll tell you is this. It is always harder to differentiate between your own thoughts and the information that is coming through at the very beginning of your journey. So keep at it and keep going. The more you practice, the easier it would become. You would notice that the information that comes to you from other sources feels like a little bit of a revelation every single time it feels kind of new right also very often people don't have such great imaginations so don't you worry most of the times you're not coming up with these things but the information that comes through right also depends on the purity of your channel so if you're worried that whatever comes through if you suspect that whatever comes through may have more of you in it than you would like then a simple ex- exercise to remedy that is to clear your own channel. You would imagine that there is a channel that stems from your third eye into infinity or into the Akashic records, and that channel from the inside can get clogged, and it can also get like dirty, almost like dusty or something, right? And so you would want to flush it out with immense amounts of white light under pressure. Like you just ima- imagine the white light is moving through there, like. Uh, um at, at high speeds um white light or water and so you would want to clean up all the dirt the debris from your channel right and once you do that then this the incoming stream can be pure right so a couple of things oh, keep your channel clean keep your third eye area clean right do the maintenance if you have to trust what you're seeing right don't judge yourself for what you're seeing Because you're also a translation device, right? Like, um, the Akashic Records can start transmitting the information. Are you a good translator or not a good translator remains to be seen, but practice makes perfect. So the more you persevere, the more you keep at it, the more information that, you know, um, is going to come through that is truthful, right? But also don't get in your own way, right? Don't doubt yourself or your abilities because you, again, Accessing the kasha Records is intuitive. It's just people have forgotten that it is right. So trust your body. Trust that your body knows what to do, and trust the information that comes through. Is all right. Trust is. I think it, it is a very important underestimated factor in magic, and you will get better at it. It's it's kind of like for for people that start uh, like um they're just uh, becoming like early in in their game of like becoming clairvoyant or clairvoyant, Initially, they all, like literally 100% of them think, oh, I made it up. Oh, I made it up. And then over time, you really start to differentiate, like, your voice from the voice of your guides. Your voice from the voice of the universe. Same thing here. The information that you kind of know, as opposed to the information that comes from the Akashic Records, it has a different frequency. If you were to be able to feel into the information that comes from the Akashic Records, it always has a gold tint to it it's 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 a golden field Akasha crackers is actually golden so um you may also get mindful or i encourage you to to like start perceiving the frequency if it has a golden tint chances are it's Akasha records Alrighty, you guys well this was dense i hope you liked it if you liked it please um you know Is either leave us a review um, or give us, um, I don't know, a certain number of stars, however many stars you think that we deserve. Um, Your ratings on the podcast is really, really important to me. It helps the algorithm. It helps more people like you find this content. And hopefully, you know, that'll help even more people um, access their kashuk records and whatnot. So, um, you know, I'm thrilled to be creating all of this content for you. I'm thrilled to be Um, you know, having this conversation. So if you can help me spread the word by rating it or giving us a review, I totally appreciate it. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. I will talk to you soon. Bye.